Hello and welcome to another episode of Grumpy Old Game Men and Their Dogs. It is episode 79, day 95. But we're not in the Zen room tonight. Tonight we are in the Den room because there are so many of us here tonight. My name is Patrick Finn and I am here with the convoluted Tommy Gibbons. <laughs> Hey, bitches. <laughs> and how are you tonight, Tommy? Crowded. It's crowded. There's, yes. There's, uh, there's a lot of us. Yes, I think I'll be introducing our guests now. We have two returning guests and one new guest. Ooh. Our returning guests are John Steele and Sheila Barksdale. Hello. And then we have our new guest, Scott Postel, here Scott tonight with Postel. us. Hi, Hi Scott. Hey. So happy it's your first time. This is Scott, so weren't fun. you a former roommate of Tommy's about I, 20 years ago? Um, uh, technically, yes. Technically, Did you? Yes. Right? Yeah, you did. Yeah. I did live there, yes. And what was it like living with Tommy? <laughs> exactly what you imagined. <laughs> that bad, <laughs> huh? <laughs> exactly. Scott and I got along. We did. Famously. We, we did. Famously. We did. We, it was just the old two bitch queens. <laughs> <laughs> and one older than the other, much, muchly. Well, so we, yeah, we, we did. We got along. No, nah, we got along. We, we, you liked when I let you drive my Accord. I don't remember. You, well, you did. Trust me. <laughs> I remember I lost the keys of a car in the car before I opened the door to get out of it. Like I turned the car off and I did what I had to do and I opened it and I went for the keys and I didn't know where. To that day they sold that car, they didn't know what happened to that key. Is this a random memory or a roommate memory? It's a it's a random. Memory. <laughs> I was like, I don't remember that. Tommy's good. Tommy's good for the random thoughts. They're random. Yes. They random. They random. So I guess anything else new, Tommy? Well, are you going to explain why we have? I was going to when we get to our get the guest segment. Oh, oh, oh. So you didn't mention that I was here too. Oh yeah, yeah. My husband Steven's here too. <laughs> His delightfulness is here, too. He can suck Love. me off, people. Yes. So should we move on to our first segment, then? That was <laughs> Sheila, you seem perplexed by our new sound cue. <laughs> I haven't listened in a while. <laughs> <laughs> it's new, to be fair. Yes, welcome to Heavy Petting, where we discuss Dogs and pets and other John things. is responsible for, what, 90% of the... He usually relays the news stories that, to us, uh, yes. Yeah. He's our roving pet reporter. <laughs> <laughs> arf, arf. Uh, <laughs> and he's a cat owner, too. I know, I know, but it's I am too, John. Oh, you're a cat owner? Uh, too. Oh, oh. Daisy and Jeez. <laughs> So we have we have our contingents of lesbians here. Yeah, right. Anyway, in dog news, Elon Musk changed the Twitter logo from a bluebird to a dog. Why? I'm not really sure. He That's talked true. about doing it in the past. If you go on Twitter now, you'll see that the logo has been changed. It's not an actual photograph, but it's a Shiba Inu dog. A Shiba Inu. But yeah, so that so was news today. Is it? No, I was going to say, he's going to change the name of Twitter. I don't know. Don't know. But I know why he did it. Why did he do it? Because the birds Twitter in the trees, right? Mm -hmm. And now he has a dog barking up the wrong tree. <laughs> oh! I thought it was because Twitter was going to the dogs. No, that could be it too. <laughs> wow. I, I can never log on to my Twitter. I, I, I love Twitter. I've, I've been a Twitter fan for a while. I like Twitter. I, I like how fast it is. I like how it's... Uh, they say that the, the trend with Twitter is most people, if you're going to complain, you're going to go on Twitter. Than of all the other social media. Have you met Tommy? Yeah, it's yeah. Like, well, that's, well, that's I met Tommy as we It is the most sarcastic, yeah. ruthless of the social platforms. But don't forget yes, about it the, is. the Twitter porn. It's good. Well, that's it. what I try and well, access. It's depressing. I can't get on. I'm like, shit. Twitter accesses from Twitter. You can access anything. I just happen to like the platform. I like how it's uh, the, the messages are short. Yeah. They're losing me as the messages are getting longer. Um, but that's part of it. And, 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 but I like Twitter. I, I'm a big fan. I use Twitter for just primarily to promote the podcast. Okay. 
because most of the interactions that I see taking place on there, it's just... It's brutal. Nattering nabobs of negativism. That's yeah. right. Which makes sense. What it it really exactly is. Oh, my God. The latest YouTube video that I watched from that chapter, which is real crime, you might enjoy it, Tommy, because I, I really like the real crime things. It's I called, love the real crime It's thing. called That I Chapter. I love the ID channel. But the story that he told this week was the Twitter murderer in... In uh, Japan. Oh. I've never heard of him. Yeah. Do you know the story? What's it called? Where did you find it? it I'll look on Twitter. That, chap- <laughs> that chapter is on YouTube. Oh, I don't spend a lot of time on YouTube. And this guy has a... But on YouTube, you fall into the deepest of rabbit yeah. holes. Yes, you do. It's amazing. It's the time you spend. Uh, it's just, I'm not drawn to it. I spend a lot of time on X2. It It seems too massive to me, YouTube. Corn tube. Corn hub. The pressure to make a decision. Oh, YouTube, I could spend hours. I can get lost surfing uh, from one thing to another on YouTube very easily. Kids don't watch TV anymore. They watch YouTube. Well, they watch TikTok, you know? But that's the language. Yeah. I didn't watch TV last night. I watched YouTube. I I had a friend, Gary, who worked in television and... We were at a gathering, and he referred to it casually as... He made the distinction casually of linear television. And linear television doesn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. And I, the the mm-hmm. phrase struck me as so yeah. uh, obvious, and so... Uh, it's, and I never thought of it. It's, it's, that it's, a, it's a whole different name power. They still have Twitter as a bird. Yeah, I think it was an April Fool's thing. I don't know. I think it, it, it was... It, it, yeah, it was not... It was not like uh, you was it Musk trying to be funny? Yeah, probably. Who it's knows? not fucking Musk. He spent forty three billion dollars. You know, it's all it affects. Well, me. this is all like heavy petting. Right? Yeah, yeah, I know. We sort of got, went off on a tangent here on heavy petting. Yeah. <laughs> oh, was oh well oh it was his dog. What they do? <laughs> you said Elon Musk's dogs. What he did was they changing do? the no bird to a dog. Oh, my God. He, oh, he listens okay. to what I say. That was what? a dog story. Jesus well, Christ. Well, we went off on a tangent. You, no, you, you I think? Keep up. Well, we're going to forget something. Just for that now, I'm going to give you a sad story. Uh-oh. Oh, I, okay. This was in Lancaster, California. Oh, no. A team of rescuers found up to 40 dogs on the brink of death and starvation yeah, in what they called a dog dumping ground. Oh. They said that there was a man living on the property. They don't describe him as the owner. They just describe him as a man living on the property. And said he was overwhelmed by the amount of dogs that had been dumped there now. So the rescuers, they managed to save 10 puppies that were there and took them to a veterinarian right away. The rest of the dogs, they pretty much had to leave there because they don't have the resources to take in all these dogs, you know, there's, there's limited resources in for you know in foster in as far as dog foster care or shelters, anything like that. So the rescue team now is helping the man who lives on the property. They're providing him with food and resources to give to those dogs. But I saw this picture. It's like it's a desert area. It's unbelievable. It's like people are dumping their dogs there. Website that I get most of my dog stories that I send you to. Yes. Send to you, I mean. Yeah. Um, They had one on cats. It's almost an identical situation. This place, they found 250 some odd cats. Oh my God. And the reason they were there was a welfare check. And when on the welfare check, the two people from the house had died. Oh, So the cats had been there for days. Oh, no. No, uh, they were eating mommy and daddy. Well, but it's like if you're gonna get rid of your pet, there's so many other places you can do, and you're just right dumping it somewhere. But you the know? thing is, it's easier to bump, dump a baby at a shelter than it is to dump a, a cat or a dog. You bring a cat or a dog to a shelter, they make you fill out your name, your address, all this other shit. You have to give. You drop a baby off to a firehouse, no questions asked. Like yeah. You have a night deposit box. That's one of the biggest reasons I ended up with my cats because I did end up with them after a breakup. And did I necessarily want them for the rest of my life? Admittedly, no. I loved them, but I wanted to get a dog. I got cats because that's what my building allows. But I knew my ex would have gotten rid of them. And I'm a pet for life guy. Yeah. Like I have pets. Why get them? They're with me. Exactly. Like I'm gonna. 
So I just couldn't let that happen. That's what kills me about Easter and all the, the people that give their kids bunnies for Easter. And they all wind up in the shelter. Yeah, yeah right? So stop dumping pets. Don't dump it allowed. Yeah, I know. It was a terrible story. I, I think those would 10 be. puppies would make a good Disney Plus story, though. Like, their survival, right? Like, right. Disney Plus. It's gonna happen. But very sad. We now move on to our next segment. Wow. Happy birthday. Happy birthday and many happy returns. Whose birthday is it? Actually, it's a lot of people's birthdays. There are three big classic movie stars' birthdays today. It's Gregory Peck's birthday, Spencer Tracy's birthday, and Betty Davis's birthday. Oh, oh yes. the birthday. Betty and we yep. were talking about dumping. What the dump? <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, I, watched I, I love how these Saturdays ago. But I'm going to bring up two other birthdays of two lesser known personalities. Let's see if you can figure out who they are. The first one is dead. The second one is living. The first one was born April 5th, 1921 in England. He joined the Air Force at age 16 and left in 1940. He made his West End theater debut in 1943. He later appeared on Broadway, including the musicals My Fair Lady and The Unsinkable Molly Brown. Nope. No! During the 1979-80 season, he played Captain Hook to Sandy Duncan's Peter Pan on Sir Broadway. Sir Richard. No. He made his film debut in 1951, but it's probably his most famous film appearance was playing theater director Roger Debris in the Mel Brooks film The Producers in 1967. Oh, God. However, he's probably known to most people today... For his portrayal of Lynn Aloysius Belvedere, a butler working for a middle-class family. Oh. Is it Christopher Hewitt? Yes, now that you cheated look over <laughs> my shoulder, you fucking. I never watched Mr. Belvedere. I did. I didn't either. I, I think it was like I watched Friday night or like yeah. I mean, I was a kid at that time, so. Yeah, we were children. What else was I doing? But he was a lifelong bachelor... And a devout Catholic. He served at the St. Victor's Church in West Hollywood. The conflict. Oh so God. it sounds like, because I was looking up, is he gay or not? Nope. There's no mention of him ever being with anyone. So, so it sounds like he's a closeted gay, yeah. devout, devout Catholic. I mean, he you know? could be an asexual. Well, could he must be. have been in he a lot of conflict be. with him with that. Yeah. He's a devout Catholic and he was a confirmed bachelor, air quotes. Come on. But yes, he died, when did he die? In 2001 from complications of diabetes at the age of 80. Hey. Yes. Yeah. So funny. I never... Happy birthday. Right? So, yeah, to, to Christopher Hewitt, we say... Happy birthday, Christopher Hewitt. Happy birthday, Christopher Hewitt. Then our next birthday celebrant is a living one. Born on April 5th, 1973 in Virginia Beach, Virginia. When? 1973. Along with his close colleague, Chad Hugo, he formed the hip-hop and R&B duo The Neptunes in the early 1990s. I'm out. In 1999, he became lead vocalist of the band N.E.R.D. Oh, my God. He released his debut solo album, In My Mind, in 2006. In 2013, he produced and was featured on the song Blurred Lines by Robin Thicke. Um, Say it. He's probably been... Who? Say it. Pharrell. Pharrell Williams is correct. All right, Sheila. He's, one of his best-known songs is a song, Happy, from the soundtrack for the film Despicable Me 2. I believe we have that on our queue. It might seem crazy what I'm about to say. Sometimes she's here, you can take You're probably sick of this crap. I ain't a lie. I'm sick of this crap. I'm an educator, and I've been to many PDs, and that is the most played song. Like, oh, do this activity. We're going to play this song. And well, that's, it's a fun, happy song. Yeah. yeah. Not when you play it a hundred times during and, a fucking and, baby shark. During a math activity. Sorry. Baby shark, too. <laughs> you want to shoot yourself in the head. No, but this... You can't compare I like... This has, I know, but you know how the, the repetition fun? of a song, it, it like, kills oh, it. That's some life in my shape found in my shape Baby shark is just to memorize the sequence. This has at least. I, I have choreography to Baby Shark. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> I used to teach it in my camp class way before it was a thing. 
And nobody's going to ask you to demonstrate. No, I, I wasn't coming. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't coming. Anyway, Williams has won 13 Grammy Awards, including three for Producer of the Year. He is also a two-time Academy Award nominee in 2014 for Best Original Song for Happy. And in 2017 as a producer of the film Hidden Figures. Oh, and... Yes. In February of this year, Louis Vuitton announced that Williams had been appointed the uh, Fashion House's new men's creative director, and his first collection will be on display during Paris Men's Fashion Week in June. Bet you they'll have Fancy. hats. <laughs> Bet you they'll have what? Hats. Hats. Uh, how old is he? He is 50 years old today. Oh, God bless him. Right? So to Pharrell Williams, we say... Happy birthday! We now move on to our next segment. No. Which one? After birthdays. And I, I was the one that originated. And this is, and this is my producer. <laughs> this is my producer. Well, because you have 2.1, 2.2, 2.3. Oh, it's not. Okay, you can kill that. Thank you. Yes, it's time for Bring Out Your Dead. And this was a 15-year-old that died. They were born January 25th, 2008, and died on March 31st of this year. When they were eight weeks old, they climbed on a boogie board in a kiddie pool and were able to bounce on their own. She was originally trained as a service dog. <laughs> yes, it's a dog we're talking about, not a person. Uh, but uh, because of her inclination for chasing birds and wildlife, they stopped using her as a surf, as a training, as a service service dog. But then she started entering surf dog contests in 2010, and she usually came in either first, second, or third in Is all that these little bulldog. Uh, actually, it's a golden retriever. Oh. Dog's name is Ricochet. The dog also performed therapy dog work with uh, active duty military service members who had uh, post-traumatic stress disorder and traumatic brain injuries and other disabilities. She also would surf with children with special needs and people with disabilities because she had this natural inclination on how to balance on the board. And she was also noted for having this extraordinary ability to express empathy with the people that she was interacting oh, with right and she, she was diagnosed with I liver cancer like she was diagnosed with liver cancer in august of last year and she died the age of 15 on march 31st of this year the dog oh. the dog yeah what is with you in the stories tonight <laughs> well it's bring out your dead there were no dead people to bring up of any significance but then i found this story of this famous dog named ricochet okay I'll be posting video on the bonus material on the blog. Can't wait. I'm sure you can. Can't wait. Can't wait. <laughs> we now move on to our next segment. Today in history. Hold on. <laughs> I said that months ago. What did you? Yes. What did you think it was just now? Horses. <laughs> The first time, right, that's exactly right. The first time I heard was, um, oh, God. See, you got me so distracted. Uh, what's, what's her? Spamala. No. Chris, Kristen. Kristen. When we had Thank the 50 episodes. She, she, she thought it, it was, yes, yeah. she said that she thought it was uh, <laughs> coconuts as horses. And we named it uh, Patsy and the Coconuts. And everybody likes it. But it's really a clock. It's a clock. It's well, yeah, it's a clock. But it no reminds it. <laughs> it sounds like Patsy riding next to King Arthur, <laughs> so we call it a Patsy and the Coconut. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Anyhow. Anyway, today in history, back on 2007, on April 5th, this musical opened and then closed two months later. It was by the producers of Riverdance and written by the creators of Les Mis. It was called The Pirate Queen. The Pirate Queen. Did you ever see it? I didn't. Are you familiar with the music at all? I, I'm not. No, neither am I. No. <laughs> Anyone here familiar with the show? No. Did it last? 85 performances. <laughs> That was it. When it closed, it lost $16 million. The critics called it outdated, that it had too much plot. I checked the score. There were 35 musical numbers in the oh, wow. show. Wow. I was like, were holy good? shit. Did you listen I didn't to listen to it, no. Who wrote it? Uh, the guys who wrote Les Mis. This was actually their last Broadway production. They wrote another show after that, but it never made the Broadway. 
But yet it received no Tony nominations. So they wrote Liz. That's, that's why yep. they got a, a green light. Everything they've written so far has been... Well, I said they wrote this other show, which opened on Broadway. That was the last Broadway show they opened. Okay. They wrote to get another one after that, but it never made it to Broadway. I wonder what, if they've done anything, like, not to that scale. Yeah, I, nothing that I've seen in my research. Interesting. Yeah. Because so that was today in history. Uh, people like Les I don't. But I appreciate its its big story. I think... It's an epic musical, I you think, know? I, but I don't think the story itself needs to be told epically. You know, Tommy, I did I I did not see that play until maybe five or six years after it was on Broadway because I found the music depressing. And then I went to a local theater's production of it, and I'm going, dang, because there's funny parts. Oh, you master of the house. Yeah. There's, you know, there are funny parts. And when you see it on, on the stage, it was better. And I think at the music, time when that came out, I think it was like trend-setting for Broadway. Like it took Broadway in a different direction. It did. Right? Yeah. It became bigger. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Right. Uh, which I think is, I think the storytelling, the story itself could be told in 10 minutes by the Muppets and be much more entertaining. <laughs> yep. I think okay. the Muppets. I don't think it's a story. You mean the French Re- Revolution in general? Written to. Say it again? You mean the French Revolution in general or the particular. No, this particular, they, this they particular they experience, this, okay. this musical. This, yeah, I see that. Anyway. I see that. Anyway. Anyway. So, happy anniversary to the Pirate Queen. It had good <laughs> I remember the marketing for that. It was. <laughs> Big marketing, yeah. It should have been gone under Bring Out Your Dead. Yeah, right? <laughs> no kidding. That we now move... Fuck a dead dog. <laughs> we now move on to our next <laughs> segment. Hey, Thank hey, you. Hey, could you please tell me right, what day is it? It is the International Day of Stained Glass. No. Are, are all of us going to get three guesses? No, only no, Tommy. Jump in, <laughs> only Tommy. Do you have a guess? Do you have a guess? No. Oh, you got to make one up. Um, it's the first day of Passover. Yes, oh, yeah. very good. Yes. Yes, it is. Tonight, actually, it started tonight. And the last tonight. day of Ramadan, right? That's no, the 21st. Okay. Yeah, it's the 21st. But tonight is the first beginning of Passover. Yes. Good for that. Oh, have, have any of you ever attended a Passover Seder? No. I have. But I love to watch I the bought, Commandments every year. I bought bread. <laughs> I, oh, never, no. I, would, I would welcome that. I would love it. No. Well, first of all, <laughs> Jews won't. <laughs> It's unleavened. No, not that. I mean, to, to go to a dinner, a Seder dinner. It's a very ritualistic dinner. There's yes. I like. I I went with a couple of other Gentiles, uh-huh. and they went through the whole ritual. There's, I love that. There's 15 steps to the ritual, which I yeah, which yeah, reflects I like the 15 steps of the Temple of Jerusalem at that time. And of course, the story of the Israel's. Israelites' flight from Egypt. Right. Very specific yeah. plate, right? And positioning on the plate, what goes on the plate. They're right? about, yeah, it's about the bitter herbs yeah. and the four cups of wine I want to and stop the matzah. <laughs> the 14, the 15, what, go back to the number. The, 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 the 15. The 15 steps yes. to the temple. Yes. Okay, I have a question here. Yes. Is that like 16 steps in the staircase up to the entrance of the temple, or is it like what? It says the 15 steps to the temple of Jerusalem. The sixth step is ladies' lingerie. Haberdashery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. All right. Maybe it was a stupid question. I don't know. I'm trying to like the 15 steps up to the temple, the entrance of the temple. Is that from where I can park? <laughs> <laughs> What a, what a dick. <laughs> you really are. You're a dick. Did he smoke anything? <laughs> I'm so congested. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a good excuse. <laughs> oh, oh, my oh. God. Okay. <laughs> so... <laughs> 15 steps that they got to follow through for the night of the Seder dinner. Yes. And go. <laughs> <laughs> he was a guest, not a host. A yes, host. I don't know. I've all, never been there. I, I don't know all the steps, but it involves the washing of hands. Okay. There are four cups of wine that are drunk throughout during the process. There's I'm the down. breaking of the matzo bread. There's oh, the taking of the bitter herbs. 
There's the use of parsley. Yes, and the, yes, that's the right. Oils. The what? I think there's oils in there. I don't know. I don't. I don't know I all the, the stuff. Oils by are all the Hanukkah stuff. Is it? Yeah, that's yeah, because that's yeah, the oil land. I was invited that's just to Isn't this such where they a family be, thing, you know? So. Where what? people had to. I was invited to they, say they that. They painted okay. the the Did man's blood. No. Well, that's it. That's no, what it commemorates. Is when I've never met when the land's blood was placed when so yeah the angel of death would pass. Over. What's their Friday night too? And do you know why you know the what? Christians have lamb on Easter because of Passover? Because they painted because the, the lamb is a traditional meal. That's the traditional blood seder the meal. Doorways, so. Oh yeah, which I learned from the Ten Commandments. Um, well, why what's the Friday night dinner Sabbath? They because Sabbath. you don't waste meat. <laughs> they use the blood. We use the. You meat. never saw the Ten Commandments. <laughs> what? You never saw the Ten Commandments? Every day of my life until I was 20. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a plot point in it. Are you a big Charlton Heston fan? I was. <laughs> Were you really? What did you I wanted Moses to be too. my uncle. Okay. Ah, okay, ah, no. Oh, the Queen. No. She was also in All About Eve. It was Remember actually the first time you ever saw it? Yeah, I do. It was the Tell first. I, it was, I, it was, we went to a drive-in because that was the only movie in my to area. I would love see that drive-in. I'm not going to date myself, but yeah, that was my first movie, The Ten Commandments. Ever, ever. Your first movie? movie? Ever. Okay. On the big screen. You have TV in the house? Yeah, we had, yeah, you know, with the foil and the rubber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, of course. (laughs) For a long time, everybody had green faces. Uh, we had that film to make a cartoon. It was through static. You yeah. watched through static. If it didn't shake, it was at least. Well, it depends static. on depends on how the wind was blowing. Right. And it's certain people touched it. It was clear. Yeah, yeah. You know, so yeah. Well, I know. I know that TV like that. So the first That's movie the was, was, was yeah, Charlton Heston the in the Ten Commandments. That's what my second it's part of it. What was that? Oh, okay. Beatles. Um, Sergeant Peppers. Oh, really? Okay. I didn't like that. You didn't like Sergeant Peppers? I didn't like that. Get it. All right. Okay. Well, I mean, after Charlton... So what else happened today? In How old were you? Patrick? Makes no... Never mind. You, you were... It's t- irrelevant. Seven? Eight? <laughs> I'm thinking more fetus with eyes. Yeah. Okay. Oh, my God. That's irrelevant. So, I have completely lost control. So what? <laughs> you think? What I, else is today, Patrick? Today is also National Walking Day. Oh, oh that's a good oh, one. Goodness. Does walking. everybody here go on a walk on a regular basis? But it, no, I but we know that everybody was out. Yes, John, John does. Living room to the kitchen to the kitchen to the living room. I would walk from the bedroom to the den to my office and then to the bathroom. That doesn't count. It is recommended that that you should engage in a 30-minute walk every day. And it really makes a difference. Yes, it does. It improves your cardiovascular health. Helps you maintain your weight, also improves your flexibility in joints and strengthens your muscles, and it improves your mental health. I was gonna say mental was the most. I, I don't need no right? fucking help with my mental I, health. I supervise a main building at an annex, and they're four blocks away, so I'm walking those four blocks back and forth all day long. Look at you. I get them in. <laughs> Penn Station to the Chrysler Building, both ways. Nice. In 15 minutes. Ooh. Except on. Matinee Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Couldn't do it on Matinee Wednesday. Okay. All right, so we're now going to move on to our next segment then. How about a little round of Get the Guests? How about that? How about a little round of Get the Guests? Yes, it's time for <laughs> It's time for Get the Guests. I know, you all look scared. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not concerned. No. I'm the guests of all you guests. But the reason why we have so many guests here today is we're promoting our upcoming production at the South Shore Theater Experience of the Martin McDonough play, A Behanding in Spokane. Yay! And we're here with John Steele, who's the director, and Sheila Barksdale, who's the assistant director, and Scott Postel, who is playing Mervyn. Yes, I am. If and he, who are you? If he learns the lines. And I'm playing... <laughs> yes, if he learns the lines. Yes, I'm still not off book. Oh, my God. Yes, it's rough. They bully me. They bully me. <laughs> it's shameful. And you, Pastor? Yes, and I'm playing the role of Carmichael. 
And no, Stephen. you're gonna have to explain. And Stephen is our stage manager Yay. for the show. Yay! Yay! So Yay. you're gonna have to explain what the play is because a lot of people aren't gonna have heard of it. No, it's it's Martin McDonough's first and only play set in America so far. Mm. Uh, it takes place all in this flea bag ho- motel, hotel, Darlington, in some place called Tarlington in Ohio. Where? Right, right. Hey, will you tell me what it is? I want to hear the plot from John. Oh, then let John tell it. <coughs> oh, John's right. directing it. I want to hear the plot from John. All right, well, that's, I don't want to give too much away. I don't want but... you to be all archy-fartsy. I want you to no. tell me what the fucking plot is. You all right, well, the fucking like, plot What is going this on? This man has lost his hand 27 years ago, and he's on a search for it. And it takes place in? In a little dive hotel in Spokane, Washington. No, in in Tarlington, Ohio. In where? Tarlington, Ohio. I think it's made up. (laughs) I checked. There's no town called Tarlington. And uh, he comes there. He's hoping to purchase his hand. A couple of kids have told him that they they have his hand and he he says he'll give them 500 bucks and they come and it's not his hand. Okay. And... Oh, then the fun ensues. Are they meeting in this hotel room? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so this is like a clandestine meeting. I feel like a secret, it's like a, a. It's a hand deal. Okay. And right. I play the hotel. Employee. They're doing a. They're right. doing a hand job. That's, that comes in to witness <laughs> the hand job, and but, Sheila's is associate director. <laughs> so there's I'm nothing looking. else about the rapid title. Rapid title. <laughs> Just it's, what action happens during it? What like what are the like? Well, you, well what, I don't want like I said, I don't want to give too much away. But the the man who's lost his hand for twenty seven years ago is kind of demented. Okay, he's demented. And, he's and little he's, racist. He's uh, a little off kilter. Okay, I would say he's how old? Uh, he's in his late forties. Okay, he's definitely a racist motherfucker. Okay. Uh, you find that out <coughs> through the course of the play. And how does it affect the play? Like, like. Well, one of the oh, one of the other effect. of the two that are trying to do the hand deal. One's a young girl. She's probably in her late twenties, mid twenties. Yeah, very woke. <laughs> you know, but she's and her boyfriend, who happens to be a black man. Okay, so these people meet to make this exchange. A hand deal. Uh, the, okay, the hand deal. All right, I'm just trying to get the and like. I just uh, and so and so it's funny. And it, it turns it, out it's that it's not his hand, and it upsets him very what? much. And it upsets him very much, and so he does. We can't a lot of things. You have to see it to believe it. Okay, <laughs> but then there's Scott's character, Mervin. Mervin. Yes. So how does that? How, how do you fit in? Well, he's kind of the. Um, <clears throat> he's the receptionist. <laughs> I will, I'm not I will. really a receptionist. I mean, they work in reception, but I know that fucking He was like a bellhop. He's the... A tired manager. He's the hotel clerk. Clerk, yeah. That likes to do <clears throat> sit-ups in the back room in his underwear. So that, that that's part of it. And he, um, there is, again, I don't Why want to Why are you working much. there? Oh, well, he comes from a former speed issue. He had an issue with speed. The drug, not the driving. Drug. <laughs> okay, not driving, yes. I think it's funny they refer to it as speed. But, um, well, when does it happen? Well, it's an older play. What year is it? A modern uh, unknown, day. but we're, we're I think the play, like, I think the play, what, could be like 2007, right? I think. Yeah, yeah, somewhere around there. And, you know, some things happen. Happen, and he is made aware of not the actual deal going on in the room, but there's some stuff going down in the room, and he engages. Okay. He's a very guileless character. He, he is the most different character I've ever played, and I will tell you a little bit, I am a little attracted to him. <laughs> <laughs> and I shared this with my friends, and they're like, you're a weirdo, and I'm like, no, you're not no, an actor. No, I think you're it. supposed to be. I think you're supposed to be. What right? do you mean? Tell me more. That like, makes sense. He's, he, I've, never been, I've never been attracted to a character I've played before. Well, it's weird. Scott got season, speak to season tickets to the zoo. You'll have to come to the show to see it in order to get that joke. Okay. Yes. Well, all right. Okay. Can you talk more about that? Why does that make sense to you? What? That I would want to... I'm attracted to the character. Because when I when I saw it, he was appealing. He was, oh, you saw this on Broadway? Uh, yes. Oh, with Sam Rockwell. Okay. And, 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 and he, he was, who is very appealing and got he was it. dressed very nicely and smartly as a definitely... Definitely a clerk, but yeah. aged. Yeah. Out, out of time, out of... I never... 
Hard Knocks. Yes. You know Who we'll played Toby on Broadway? I don't remember. Oh, it was... um. I forget his name now. Uh, was somebody we know? Yeah, it was a known name. What? Who played Toby? Yeah, played I Toby. like that because that's good feedback. Because that I can't think of his name after the life of me. The character. The script. He's very different script. than anyone I played. It's in the script. I, it, I don't Who know played my script? Uh, and it's, so oh, when does this open? Look it up. The show opens on April fourteenth. Runs. Uh, I'm sorry. Is it April fourteenth? Yes. Yeah, April fourteenth runs on the fifteenth, sixteenth, and then the twentieth, twenty-first, and twenty-second. Right. All those are um, they're for their Friday shows, Saturday Anthony shows, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then Anthony Thursday, Matthew. Friday, Saturday. Yeah, the Sunday shows are three. The other shows are all at eight. Okay, good. Kazan. That's uh, good. At South Shore South Theater Shore Experience Theater. on Wellwood Avenue. Okay. In, in between the other two theaters on Wellwood Avenue. Patrick, you, met, you said that this was the, the only play that he had set in... America. America. Yep. Didn't he write Pillow Man? <coughs> he wrote Pillow Man, but it's not set in America. It wasn't? It's no. really not no. identify where it's set. Yeah, it's it like it's it, just a totalitarian state yeah, that it's set in. Yeah, yeah. But it's never specified. You're assuming it's somewhere in Europe because oh, of, the, of the name. I didn't. I thought it was upstate. I don't know. The <laughs> and if it's not identified as a place, I'm wondering why you made the inference it's upstate. Well, I saw nothing in it European except for the white people. There was nothing about the play that said to me this was Europe. Okay. You know, okay. there was no changes in the dialect, the way they pronounced, that made me think there was outside of the United States. I think that has to do with what the, I think what they got away with, maybe, again, is money. Like, they spent the money uh, on making them look like they were who they were, when, when they were. And it could be anywhere. That's the open thing about it, is that you can... You can Place it anywhere it needs to be placed. Yeah. In order to make sense for the people who are going to watch it. It's been almost 10 years since I saw it, and it's still with me. And it was a local production. It's still with me. Eric Clavel played. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, it was phenomenal. Yeah, that was the first Martin McDonough play I, I did was <laughs> the Little Man. I had never felt that Eric's done it twice, though. That's, a, that's, that's a pretty impressive play. Yeah, yeah. That's a great play. I, we yes, saw that on Broadway, too. It makes you laugh at things that are not funny, That's, which yeah. makes you feel uncomfortable, and he does the same thing in the end. But and the more yeah. the well, that's, that. that's part of the appeal of his writing yeah. because yeah. he delivers that in spades in uh, Lieutenant of Inishmore. Yeah. Oh my God, yeah. I don't, but I my feeling is it. it gets funnier the more you read it or listen to it. Like the phone call, oh hilarious. hilarious. And like originally when we did it, I was yeah. Like, if you the, heard somebody somebody saying this out on the street, you would be mortified. Yeah. But when you really listen to it, and it's all kind. It's really funny stuff. Really funny. It's kind of like when you laugh when somebody's throat gets cut on TV. It's it's, 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 it's the kind of comedy that can't be delivered. No. Yeah. You're laughing. The audience. Gotta be in contact. I, as the audience member, am laughing because when you get uncomfortable, sometimes one of your the main you deflect by laughing. Yeah. It makes you giggle. Right. Because mm-hmm. it's easier that and because what you're watching is not worthy of crying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's another. That's another one I was lucky enough to see. On Broadway. Yeah, okay. Gosh. We did too. It was. Yeah. Which one? Which? Lieutenant of Inishmore. Oh. Which was. Oh my God. In every way. It's, it's a classic. It's actually, it's a classic comedy. Yeah. Yeah. The whole structure of it. Yeah. It's just, it's amazing. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, Ireland, Northern Ireland. Uh, Patrick, pa- Patrick, uh, we were talking last week about the Irishes and the Welshes and the Scottish and the yeah. and uh, the trouble I have. Uh, what were we talking about? The main character. Lieutenant of Inishmore. Lieutenant of Inishmore. He's so he's, too, he's, he's a terrorist. He he's so crazy. Even the IRA won't take him. Yeah, he's Whoa. too extreme for the IRA. Yeah, and, and his and he and gets cat he cat gets news missing. that his cat is doing poorly, and then he comes home that his cat is dead. Anyway, his cat dies, and because of his reputation and who he is, and uh, the people where he's coming to, and the people the people searching for him, and they converge at his father's house, and there are all of the, the eight bodies at the end of the play, and all about the, the cat, all about the dead cat, and Lee then Thomas. the cat walks in. So, oh, so because I was going to say, this is a comedy. Okay, yeah, yes, uh, it really is. Yeah, and it's it's about it's about the delivery the. 
it ha it, not delivery. It can't be delivered. It's got to just be played. Yeah. 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 Can't go for money. Right. No. He reminds me, he's like, he's almost like the Quentin Tarantino of theater because of his use of violence, but it's not just used, I'd say, gratuitously. It's not used to elicit something yeah. out of it, you know? And McDonough's really good with that because so many of his plays, I wanna, the Pillow Man, even the all Pillow of the plays. At our next yeah. rehearsal, can we chat the ending a little bit? I feel like we don't, we haven't talked about it because I have some questions. Okay. okay. <laughs> sure. Yes. I don't want, obviously I don't want to do it now, but. But one thing I wanted to bring up about this play, because we are doing this on Long Island and it's local theater. We're doing it, you know, in local suburbs. And this play makes fairly proficient use of the N-word. And I know we as actors and directors, we have discussed this, you know, about, you know, about using this in the play. Uh, because it's not a word that you hear in polite company, <laughs> to put it mildly, you know? And here we are having actors on Long Island saying this word. It's not just said by a white actor, it's said by a black actor in the play as well. But it's kind of funny. <laughs> in context, it's very funny. There's a reason why he put it there. Yes. Yes. To make you feel uncomfortable with uh -huh. the word, but also to see the humanists and the people Who are using watching. it because it's and the, that, that, I have the, a feeling that's why Mama's in the play. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you know where he's coming from. Yeah. 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 Mama's not in the play, but she's the Mama's a character Mama. in she's the play. And you never hear yeah, her. You never see her. <laughs> she's a character on the phone, and she's one of the best characters on the play. Uh huh. True. I can totally picture her. Right. You really can. But my character, because my character, he said he's just, he's demented and he's racist, and you really shouldn't like him. But near the end, by the end of the play, it's like you really you, do you like kind him. of feel sorry for him because he's been yeah he is demented and yeah he is a racist but and you he spent his whole why. yeah you it know doesn't really it doesn't it doesn't excuse him or his behavior or what he's doing but you have a better understanding of where he's coming from and my character definitely isn't as blatantly racist and and my character does not use the n word but my character is racist. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Hundred percent! Oh yeah! Well, I mean, he admits it as much. Yes, yes, he yes, admits yes. it as much. It's Ohio. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, it's what he knows. <laughs> I don't know what. It's what he's knowing. I don't. It, it's, it's what he knows. It's what he knows. Absolutely, yes. So, but I think it's you know it, it it just contributes to a certain perspective. I guess is what I meant. Like what he knows and what ends up being his narrative in the play. Because I wouldn't call your character a bigot. You wouldn't. Do you think he's racist? You don't think he's racist? Mm -hmm. No, he's just a prick. So how would you... <laughs> I think he's just... To that? me, he's just a doofus. He really... He's this guileless guy who just but like, says... So, so but he mind. says these things you know? that makes him so smart. But Sam. the part I'm yeah. thinking of is when... And he partakes um, in... if Just by ignoring it, what happens to those Sure, yeah. 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 But when Toby calls him out and is no, like, are you one of those who thinks are. we all look alike? Well, well, no, none of them are. That's the moment that I feel like, yeah, he's my, he's racist. No, he was my, leaning back at because Toby... I can't tell you. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, come come and see the show. Where, where I see it is near the end of the play. When you say... You think he's had a, he thinks he's had a bad... Yes, day. when he wants to set the cops on him. Yeah. Yes, but yes, yes. his status. We all say stupid things about people when we're really, really mad at them. True, but the specifics of what I said pissed at him. I don't know. I agree with John. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, I don't know. I don't know. You're now making me ponder my own ponder. No, you're good. Yeah. It's okay. So, John, no, but I like it. what's it like been directing this play? <laughs> After that. Do we have any more pizza? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's been fun. It's been a challenge. If this wasn't a play you chose. A play you chose right. you. It wasn't, but it... <laughs> I like the play. I love the play. And I love what you guys are doing with it and you know getting and everything it's just the hardest thing for me has been with a cast of four and one doesn't show up or two don't show up yeah yes, you're missing uh, half the cast yeah 100% it's hard to get a good flow yes. of the show when you have somebody reading somebody who's yeah. missing. Yep. But all that will change after Thursday. You're right. So. You're right. Of course it, better it will. change after Thursday. But I do you're feel like... Tech week then. Because you are giving us good feedback and you all give good notes. But I liked what you said last night where you were like, it's just going to keep building on it. Like yeah. we're at the point now. And once I get that script out of my head, I'm well, already doing more with my hand and... 
It's going to keep building, and we're going to be there by opening. That's no, why John is on you, not because oh, you don't no. have faith on you. Oh, no. 100%. I'm on myself. No, I do it just because I'm a bitch. <laughs> I am now done with work. I'm being an educator. I'm on spring break. And I knew that purposely. And I know it's going to come together. And I had a heart-to-heart with John last night. You know, I don't want him to think that it's uh, it's like, it's just, it, it's hard being an, uh, the educator that I am and doing theater. That's why I don't do it as much, because it's like two it's full-time rough. jobs. It's, it's and it, and it like, you don't have a life. But I love this, and I needed this therapy after what went down with my school show and everything. I was so happy when Sheila reached out to me. She's like, are you doing anything? Are you doing busy? I'm like, no! What do you, what's the part? Yes! <laughs> um, so, and, and it just, it lasted. You know and he's wearing pants this time. You knew nothing about it. She said, we need an actor, and we thought of you. Read this. Mervin. <laughs> I was like, yes! I, I said yes before I read it. Because I really wanted to do something. And I trust this group of people. Patrick and the last and I time done, you got our yep. third show together. Yes, last it is, time right? got the call he, he directly put him in Greg. <laughs> yes. And I trusted the group of people. I trusted the creative process. And I love learning new theater and new stuff. And I, I'll play a part. And he was he, he was second on the cast list. So I was like, oh, it must be big. <laughs> and scene two is all me. Scene two is all me. So what, what, what's the problem? So Sheila, you've served as assistant director for this play mm-hmm. how you enjoy that role it's been very enlightening john has always been my i call him my theater mentor throughout my my stint here my theater journey um after meeting him almost a decade two decades ago, right? I can always go to him if I hit a block. You know, um, either script, cast members, you know, anything theater, you have the answer in your quiet, quiet way. So to (laughs) be able to shadow you and watch your process has been a blessing for me. And I thank you for allowing me to be along. Thank you. Well, I know you've never directed a play before on your own, you you were assisted on uh, when you directed um, Intimate Apparel. You had a co-director for that. But I think after watching you in this process and the notes that you've given us and the, the your eye that you have for oh, the yes. stage, it's time. For I you. think you're ready to you direct your own Sheila. play. Now. I'm gonna tell you Definitely. why I'm not so insightful because right there's off more to it as an actor. I love. I understand being an actor. Right, and you know what? So do I. I, I, I but I can tell you, I'm a director. I don't know all the technical aspects of theater. I don't know about lighting and gels and yeah. all that. I don't know a lot of the technical you have your aspects. People and your, your, but I know how to stage a drag, play, drag and I know a little something about acting. So, and you know all that too. I love encouraging people too. So I don't call you directing. That's what I, I, that's a, that's a, that to me that's is what a director's role should be. There are nice politics, but there are nice. No, none of us are. To share notes, and I'm like, no, share them. Like I want you to share them. I want to engage with you. I don't share the notes because John is the director. No. And, oh yeah, yeah. And, 100%, and, but I want to hear and, your notes. No, no. But but my notes c- can conflict. Well, right? Sure. Because Be, and, got, both, yeah, and let me tell you though, even when they do conflict, when I am silent, I see your reasoning. Do you understand? Yeah. Right, nobody's right or wrong. Sure, right, but I see his reasoning, yeah. and ninety nine percent of the time, in my notes, it was my question anyway. Okay, you just got to it differently. You you, you understand, and that yeah. was a learning thing for me too. You know, because I don't have to take all of you by your hands. You're grown people. Yeah, right. you know, I shouldn't have. to Well, I think we're all like. I mean, I'm definitely not a professional actor. I I have some training, but. I think we all just work well off each other, and we... Yeah, this is a great cast. We want ideas, and we want um, to bounce off each other. You Rohan, know, like, I'm sorry he's not here tonight, yeah, but yeah. this is his first non-musical. Yeah, yeah. this is his first straight wow. play to Thank do, you, so Tommy, to speak. Uh, yes, well? yes Tommy, rec- very well. Tommy, Tommy recommended yes. Rohan. Tommy introduced. He's doing Tommy, very well. Tommy introduced. Uh, I, really I hope I can, too. I'm hoping... Um, I'm interested in you and his perspective of the play itself. Uh, and have you discussed it and how does the language strike you from your position and then is that different from how it strikes you as a woman or how it strikes you as a black woman or you you know, I'm, I'm interested three questions in there yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. but, but I'm, I'm just like uh, how you feel I, yeah how, like how does it land does it it lands it makes me laugh it makes me laugh it makes me angry it makes me sad but it makes me want to see it. I don't turn my head away from it. 
It doesn't make me want to run away. And okay. Sh- and now, shun it. do you think the liberal white man is going to feel, see himself and feel ashamed in that? Yeah. Yeah. But he's going to laugh. No, no, no. Everybody feels guilty that's, about that's, laughing. That's <laughs> what writing does, is it, is it puts that guy, and but he's he, pretty much, all of these, I'm sorry, no, no, all no. of these people that he writes are specific, very specific people. And so because of that, they don't represent large groups of no, people. No, but, but they bring out an emotion with it. you. It, and like even Toby the black character, right? I recognize his weaknesses, you know, where I, oh God, I just, you can edit this. Right. No, where you? Eat. No, I want to talk about the play for a second. They can that is the play. They need to it play. is. It is the play, right? I'm African American. I am. I am descended from American slavery. That type of stuff, right? Uh, Rohan is Caribbean. Yeah. Or no, is that, or is he African? No, he's. he's, 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 Car- he's I think he's Caribbean. Guyana, isn't he Guyana? Anyway, he's not of this. He's not of American colonial uh, history, it. right? So his perspective on how the character acts, responds, and is different. Okay. Because th- this is not his yeah. his experience. It's, yeah. It's what he saw on TV. The first thing that we yeah. like after the first read through and stuff when he first was reading it, I said you're you're being much too friendly and too up. And Sheila then explained to him, "You're scared. You have a racist white man with a gun." With a white chick. With a white chick. And he didn't get that at all, really. Right. And he well, it's, it's, all it's that imagery yeah. he doesn't respond to automatically. It's sure. not, Based on his you speak to, we speak to each Thank other. Thank God he doesn't know it from experience. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I don't wish it on anybody. No. Of course. No, 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 of, co- of, of course. But it's interesting being the two black people in the room watching the play where these people are confronted by this and, and the, the race and the word has so much to do with They'll see and the hear real telling totally of the story. You can't to not have these guys use these words at this time is not doing the story any justice, right. mm-hmm. because you're 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 altering who that guy is, and so you're altering. So I, I'm interested in the perspective of it because what's well, like when the play came out, a, there was a review. I think it was in the New Yorker, and I think it was a black theater critic who reviewed it. And he thought that the character of Toby was a stereotype, that all the white characters are beating up on him throughout the play. Interesting. And I had discussed some of that with you, Sheila, to see if you had any perspective Is on that. Is he the stereotype of an urban black man? Some, A little bit, right? Are the white people beating up on him? There's a man with a freaking gun. Yeah, I don't... You understand? Yeah. So that doesn't bother me. I still think Toby's story needs to be seen and heard. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's... It, it, but it's not Toby's story. But what's interesting but, but, but is... But the characters... What's interesting is you get deep enough into that. I'm trying to reference McDonough and how he writes, like, characters that are so specific that you know immediately who they are, where they are, um, and what you, we're going to tell you now, what Martin's going to tell us is why they are. And they, they, they can't represent more than themselves. And I think that gives you a feeling of... Freedom from judging it, being offended by it, because it's just this guy. You know what I mean? It's just, it, it, he doesn't represent a, uh, everybody. Not yeah, every, he doesn't represent every man. Exactly. Right. Well, it's like even with my character, with Carmichael, I was afraid of having him appear to be a typical racist, you know, with the mullet, and he can, I didn't want to do any of that. I yeah. wanted to, I wanted to concentrate more on him being this. Demented man looking for his hand. You're not gonna wear the red Trump hat, I got you. No, I don't think so. (laughs) I don't think so. You know, my character and my relationship with Toby. I think my bigger issue with Toby is I want to bang his girlfriend. It got nothing to do with. It got nothing to do with his race. Nothing black, white. No, no. You want the girlfriend? I'm jealous of his girl that he has that girl. Yeah, yeah. So we're gonna take a break right now, and Scott needs to go because he has an early morning. Yes. And we'll be able to cut this. I'll pause this and then we'll restart. Yep. Hey, it's Patrick here. That was the end of our first half of this episode. We were having so many good discussions that we decided to split the episode in two. So you can hear the second half of this episode. It will be released on Wednesday, April 12th. In the meantime, have a happy Passover. Have a happy Easter. And we'll see you next week.